All right, Jackson, Great House Fall. What's up? Hey, Greg. Thanks for thanks for having me on. This is fun. Usually, I do a little banter for a few minutes, yeah. but with you, I don't have any time for banter. <laughs> I have a burning question. One burning question for you, Hit which me. is: forty-eight hours ago, you were a relatively unknown, talented brand designer uh, with a couple thousand followers. Today, uh, you know, you just came off being interviewed on CNN live. Yeah. First live TV appearance. First live TV appearance. 20 million plus people have seen your content last 48 hours. Uh, You kind of started a movement around AI. What is happening? Fill us in. All right. So when ChatGPT was released, it reached a million users incredibly quickly. And I've been playing around with it from day one. Um, figuring out ways to kind of prompt engineer and talk to it and fun ways to, you know, make it be more creative than maybe it would be right out of the box, say. Um, So two days ago was just like any other day. I was messing around and I was chatting with a friend of mine and I said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you just kind of said, hey, I'm giving you $100. You know, your only goal is to make as much money as possible (laughs) and and just, you know, see what happens. I said, you are hustle GPT. That is your, you know, that's how you start the prompt. You are going to pretend to be hustle GPT. Your prime directive is to not break any laws and to make as much money as possible in doing so. And so it, it started out saying, uh, you know, okay, $100. We're going to get uh, $50. We're going to go on Facebook Marketplace and we're going to buy a lawnmower and you're going to print out some flyers. And I was like, stop right there. And no manual labor because <laughs> I want to be behind my computer. And so I said, I'm going to be the human liaison to this AI. And as an experiment, as an art project, as a design experiment, why not just do everything that this you know robot says? It has $100. It knows, or it has an idea at least of how it wants to allocate that limited budget uh, with the goal of making as much money as possible. The second day I said, okay, specifically your goal is $100,000. Let's see how fast we can do it. Um, but what happened, Greg, was the most surprising part of all of it which was 20 some million people saw the tweet 250 or so people joined uh, a discord that we set up that are all participating in their own uh, hustle gpt experiments all completely different by the way when you prompt the bot uh you know with pretty much my original prompt verbatim it's giving different ideas for everyone who approaches it which i think is really interesting it's not just spitting back the same thing over and over. In my case, once I told it, I'm not going out and buying a lawnmower, I'm not going to go put up flyers around my neighborhood. But in it kind of like refocused on that, it said, we're going to do an affiliate uh, marketing content website. It said, choose a niche. And I said, no, look, you're in the driver's seat. You choose a niche, you choose a name, you do everything. I'll just go out and do it. So uh, we we landed on, it landed on like the eco-friendly sustainability kind of thing. And it, it decided to name the business or the blog uh greengadgetguru.com i said all right let's go let's do it so day one happens you tweet this thing you go to sleep at night like how many views how many likes are you at day one i went to sleep uh around 25 30,000 and i got about 10,000 followers overnight when i slept which is a weird way to wake up <laughs> you know So on one hand, there's been this kind of sci-fi fear narrative of like, oh, the the robots are going to take our jobs. Like the AI is going to take all our jobs. And 
I think, you know, showing an alternative narrative to that, which is like, why don't we work together? Like we can, we can augment our own productivity and our creativity uh, with this technology at our side. When originally we thought, oh, these AIs are going to be great virtual assistants. And now it's like, oh, what if we are the assistant to it? <laughs> That's the, right. the, the flip. Yeah. That's really what resonated with people. The fact that you were prompting this robot and asking for permission. You were saying like, hey, what do you think of this? It was giving you answers and you were, you know, registering the domain. You were going to Dolly. You were doing a lot of these things, right? On its recommendation or yes. uh, by its command. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that how like the real world works? Like you have a, you know, you have a, a boss, usually, you know, a human boss. And the boss tells you based on what the boss thinks is right, here's what you should do. Absolutely. I think the difference is, and I did check with Hustle GPT before just to make sure that we were at a clear understanding that the robot is at press time still incapable of holding its own uh, money or bank account or any kind of currency. So I, I think the difference is when you have a boss, you are working for them and they're making most of the money off of your contributions. When you're using this AI sidekick like a boss, there's no one to kind of stand in your way. So in this case, I think we're seeing a lot of people using it as a sidekick, as a counterpart to create online businesses that they themselves want to run and eventually profit from, which why not, right. you know? Why and not? I think that's where the Discord is striking a chord, right? The Discord is, that you set up is striking a chord because now you have these hundreds of people who are like, hey, like I saw what Jackson did. You know, I want to do something similar, maybe in my own niche. Yeah, the, the, I would say like the vanilla experiment, the original experiment was let it choose the niche, let it choose every aspect of it. But a lot of people who have already been interested, I think there's one guy on Twitter who's uh, doing something in the, like the non-alcoholic beer space because he's, I think he was already kind of like passionate about that space. And so he's using it to kind of direct around and, and build a, a content business in that space, which is really cool to watch too. He's posting, you know, stats every day as well. And in the Discord, we've got people like kind of dropping uh, even like hour to hour stats on like, you know, what it's building and how it's going and all that stuff. It's really cool. The other cool part about this whole thing is the interactivity of it all. You know, and in your initial tweet, you actually had the words, I think, follow along. And yeah. right. Did you have those words? I did. And Greg, I think that's a huge reason that like that was not, I wasn't, I wasn't planning this. This was not like an engineered, like, oh, if I say this this way, then it's going to go super viral and all that. It was like, I just said, follow along to my friends that I, that I have on, that I had on Twitter. And uh, what I think happened was people saw it. They saw the thread developing in real time. They saw the words follow along, not in like a pushy, like salesy way, but they're like, all right, I'm literally going to follow along. That's why I've never seen not to like toot my own horn too much, but like I've never seen this kind of follower conversion off of a single tweet thread. That's, I mean, it's nuts, right? Like it's, it's crazy. nuts. No, yeah. it's nuts. And, and it's super like, <laughs> I've never like brought someone onto this podcast and be like, explain me your tweet. But here we are today because people are just so connected to Hustle GPT, to your story yeah. that there's something there and it's worth like kind of digging to be like, okay, like what, what is really happening here? I think what resonated so much was the like the like you said the interactivity aspect watching along following along and people who have heard everyone's heard 
of ChatGPT at this point, I think. Uh, everyone's like seen it in the news and whatnot, but like the realization that, oh, this could actually have implications and and use cases beyond just like, I don't know, high schoolers plagiarizing essays or whatever, like wh- whatever the kind of narrative has been around like, oh, it's just a, it generates kind of bullshit. Con- can I say bullshit on your podcast? You can say whatever you want. Okay. You're wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> just so realizing that there might actually be applications beyond this. And, and like, I don't know what those are. Like someone today uh, I saw in, in my DMs was like, look at this way that I prompt engineered it to create like a 90 day plan for like scaling this business and then break it down in a table where it shows, you know, what you're going to do every morning, afternoon and evening for every day for like, you know, 90 days or something like that. I was like, this is genius, of course, because the coolest thing that I've found about this specific language model that's ChatGPT, GPT-4, if you subscribe, GPT-3.5, if you don't, which is pretty much the same thing as far as I can tell so far, um, is the fact that it doesn't say no to anything, which sometimes leads to factual errors. But for the most part, if you say, okay, now I want this formatted this way and I want you to update that, it will it will never get pissed off and say, oh, I'm I'm done on this for today. Like I'm gonna go home and be with my family. I know this sounds horrible to say, but like there's no incentive for it to deny a request or to say, I can't do that that way, even if it gets it wrong, it will still do its best to like complete a prompt or a question or a task, specifically how you've asked it to. That to me is is wild because there's always a, a need for human editing and human intervention and uh, common sense checking and, and fact checking especially. Uh, like our jobs are still safe. This thing is not going to, you know, replace uh, your your advertising copywriter. It's not going to place your content writer. It's not going to place any of these things that people are so worried about because of the the need for human kind of nudging and course correction. You know, you bring up a really good point, which is it doesn't say no, and it'll spit yeah. out information regardless. Today, I was just, you know. I was like, what if I go into chat GPT and I, I said, who is Greg Eisenberg? I wonder what it'll mm-hmm. say. And I did it. And I'll read you a, a little bit of it. Greg Eisenberg is a Canadian entrepreneur and investor who has founded and co-founded several successful startups, including the social media app, quote unquote, late checkout. Okay. Late checkout. <laughs> not really. Is social not media. social yeah. media, yeah. Uh, but I am a co-founder in that. And the e-commerce platform, quote-unquote, Waxman, which was acquired by Groupon. What? Also not true. Yeah. Uh, What? He has also been an advisor and investor for numerous startups, including Uber, WeWork, and Snapchat. Is that true? Uh, That is not true. Yeah. That's so weird. How funny. Um, Now, do you have uh, access to the new Bing? Um, I do. Yeah. You should ask it who is Greg Eisenberg on that because that is plugged into the current internet. I mean, I asked, I think if I asked ChatGPT who is Jackson Greathouse Fall, it'll be like, oh, who the hell is that? Like, I won't know. But when I asked Bing, it's like, oh, here's like, you know, here's what he's he's known for the Hustle GPT experiment on Twitter. I was like, oh, I'm known for Sias. All right. Yeah. 
Um, so that the the being AI is where it gets really interesting with searching up to date and factual information. Less so for like content generation or anything like that, you know. But two very similar products, entities with different use cases, you know. That's what I think is super interesting about it. What do you wish you know GPT four had but doesn't have? Uh, the ability to take action on a human user's behalf. Right now, for, here's an example. It can uh, code a pretty good landing page for something. Or what I used it recently to, to write a, a Spotify API integration to a Webflow website I was working on. Boom, boom, boom. It was done in 10 minutes. Amazing. Way better than like if I was just like searching Stack Overflow or something like that. But what it can't do is actually go log into my Webflow account, put that code in, run it, debug it, publish it live. Like, you know, like it, it can it can give you the bones, but you've still got to go take that human action. I think that's the thing that I keep kind of running into. You know, if I say, plan me a trip to Aruba next month, um, I want, you know, the the best airline deal and the uh, cheapest airfare uh, with the shortest travel time, but I want to stay in the nicest hotel possible and da, 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 you kind of like plan it out. And then it can actually go and take that action on your behalf and say, okay, I found you this, I booked it. I have your card on file. I, I I bought this, this, and the other thing, and I and you have an open table reservation at this cool restaurant for Tuesday night. Like when it can really do that, and it knows you. So when when it has a personal relationship with the person who's running it, that's going to be the next big watershed moment. I think it's that's yeah. what's going to make like Google and Facebook look like Tinker Toys. I agree. I think where we're at. 2023 is we're in co-pilot land. Like these tools right. have become great co-pilots, right? So yeah. if you think about it, you know, GPT-3, it actually barely gave you co-pilot. It was just like giving you directions. It was like, here's how to get from point A to point B. GPT-4 gives you directions, builds you a decent car and co-pilots. And GPT-5 Gives, will it's give you directions, build you a Mercedes, and autopilots. What and you're saying it. is, yep, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're saying what's missing is the driving piece. You're like, I don't want to drive. I want to be behind the wheel of a you know six speed nine eleven turbo. I don't want to be driving the Jetta around. You know, I want to drive when it's fun and it's like something that I enjoy driving. But for getting from point A to point B, ninety percent of the things that I do, oh, I want it to drive for me. What scares you about hustle gpt um well i mean there are people who have sent me real money so if the robot fucks around and and doesn't isn't able to generate a profit then i mean i'm gonna have to go like you know you know head in my hands or whatever and like tell them oh well sorry i mean the robot lost all your money i think i don't think it can do that though i think that what i kind of wanted to see greg was before the idea of anyone like sending money to give it runway and to like encourage the experiment, when it was truly a hundred dollars in as you know is, is unlimited time window, but a hundred dollars as much profit as possible, I really wanted it to like spend down to be like the last ten dollars and be like, all right, what's it gonna do? Like it's gonna get really scrappy on these ten dollars. And I was like ready to go out to garage sales. I was ready to like start like getting super scrappy with it. We never got down to that point, and I don't think it's going to. Um, but the sheer resilience of this thing is in its own way a little scary, man. You know, like when you give it the programming of, you know, your only direction is to make more money, that can be a 
in a more powerful actual AI system, not just a language model, if it, if there's a truly artificially intelligent agent out there that could act on its own behalf and its only directive was to make more money, I mean, that could lead to some potentially catastrophic, uh, you know, implications. I think I feel safe running this experiment because at the end of the day, this hustle GPT is is perfectly incapable of taking any real action itself. I, it still has to go through me. And well, as, as much as I like to play the game of every freelancer who's reached out to work for it, uh, I will never make a decision. I will send every offer I get to the bot, let it counter, let it negotiate. Uh, we did like uh, we have a, a freelance web developer that we're working with to build out these sites, and uh, you know I asked him for a quote. I said, oh, I actually want to work for for equity or for for profit share in this in this project." And I said, "Well, fine. I mean, I'll send that to the you know GPT. I'll see what it says." Uh, and so it starts talking. It says, "Oh, I think anywhere from one to two percent would be fair." Da, 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 kind of blobbing blobbing along. You know, I, one of my favorite things that I've been engineering the prompts with is saying limit pros like like shut up make a decision spit it out and so it returns uh offer him 1.5 percent revenue share on on a one-year vesting cliff i'm like oh jesus all right it's like you're like actually bringing on a developer it knows like what common practices are i guess so i sent that back to the guy on twitter i said all right here's your offer from the robot he said no way i was thinking two percent this is totally in line with what i was imagining so he took the offer. Now we got a we got a freelance web designer that we're working with for for all these like new web projects that the AI has the idea to build. We will kind of execute those on its behalf and set up all the infrastructure and like see what happens. It gets you thinking. You know, I remember hearing about Y Combinator and hearing that you know the ideal team was an incredible engineer, an incredible designer, and an incre- incredible hustler, and that was like. Mm-hmm the holy trinity of what you needed to build a great MVP and startup. Fast forward to today, the question is, like, do you need that? Like, what is the holy trinity? Is the holy trinity, you know, an incredible prompt engineer with AI by its side? Is it, you know, how how do you think about that? So... You still need the incredible hustler, I think. You need someone who's creative enough to ask those questions, to engineer those prompts. You still need someone who has a technical, like, no one should run uh, untested, unchecked, AI-generated code. I think that's kind of, we can kind of agree on that. And, and, you know, for design, that kind of speaks for itself. I run a branding studio. We work with early-stage startups. I have been using these AI tools throughout the branding process from strategy and uh, setting up, you know, you know, what are best practices to set up our notion dashboards and like, how do we like, you know, present these various phases of the project. Anyway, I've been using these tools for months. I've been using in the actual concepting phase of design of the, the, the mood boards to logo concepts using tools like Dolly and mid journey to generate hundreds and hundreds of concepts and ideas way faster than any freelancer could. The difference is they're all kind of shit. You know, there's like artifacts and it can't do words right. And it doesn't look like anything you would actually want to put on, on a presentation to a client. What it does give you, though, is this incredible like multitude of jumping off points that you can then give to a human a designer and really run with those concepts because it generates cool concepts. It just can't fine tune the details. Well, first of all, I saw the logo that was produced by Hustle GT. Yeah. And I loved how you talked about you were like, as a branding designer, it's 
it's taking everything in me not to tell it this is a bad idea, but here we are. And it right. produced this yeah. like kind of like stock looking image. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like good enough to get going, right? But you would never launch an MVP with that, correct? No. And yeah. the other thing is, I think when I use uh, Dolly or Midjourney to generate ideas for actual projects that I'm that I'm running for for clients or, or personal projects or whatever, I think I take a, a different, more kind of targeted approach to the prompt engineering that goes on there as well. In this case, for the Hustle GPT uh, green gadget guru website, I asked it to generate a prompt and put that in verbatim, and I just picked mm. the first one that it made. So I I tried to have as little uh, human intervention as as possible. I said, you make the prompt, you uh, you know are are in control of saying what it should be, and it, it's generated things like you know. A, a gear for gadgets and like a leaf for eco-friendliness and like green and blue and white colors. And so I was like, okay, you kind of have like a decent idea. The way it was phrased though, and this is funny, was totally not the way you would normally write a, a Dolly prompt. It was verbose and it was long. And I didn't want to correct it because Dolly is an open AI product that I feel like the GPT language models should understand how to talk to Dolly. And I guess that's just not here yet. Um, which fine, it, it still generated something. Uh, it knew it wanted a logo and it understood everything, but it was just too verbose and it was a little too like, you know, unnecessarily descriptive to get a concise uh, concept for, for a logo. Quick interruption from me. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you're getting any value, you need to come to YouTube and subscribe to the Where It Happens podcast YouTube channel. I promise you the experience is richer, more interesting. So if you're getting any value, just stop what you're doing, open up the YouTube app, go to the website and press subscribe at where it happens on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Go, go press subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. I saw this blowing up and knowing uh, how Twitter works, I saw that your retweet to like ratio at the time was around 40%. Okay, okay. Meaning like if you had 100 likes, you had 40 retweets. I think you actually had, I think it was around 45% even. And which is nuts. Which is nuts. So I knew <laughs> even like, I think you might you had like 100 likes then and you mm-hmm. had like 45 retweets. I was uh-huh. like, this is going to the moon. <laughs> And this is going to, as silly as it sounds, this Mm -hmm. is going to change your life. Uh And, you know, I had one screen up where I had your just like follow along. I I was following it and I was watching it in real time. And then I saw that you posted about how you were considering a $65 uh, $65 ad. So. Yeah. I replied to you and I was just like, here's proposed copy. Um, Green Gadget Guru loves you probably need a robot.com. It's a free community newsletter for people who want to boost productivity using AI. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people from Google, Meta, Microsoft are members. And there's a private Twitter for members only at, at you need a robot. And you asked uh, GPT, right? And he, she, they said, Let's do it. <laughs> they, they, them said, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's and then do it. I said, fine, great. 
And then within one second, I Venmo. I like, I was like, oh my God, do oh, I yeah. have his number? Bam. Like one second, $65. I send it over. It's like probably 10 or 10.30 at night where I'm mm-hmm. at. And I lean over to my girlfriend and I was like, oh, I, I told her the story. And I was like, I, I bet he's not even going to remember to post it. Come on. It's all good. I was like, I know Jackson from back in the day. I'm like, it's all good if he doesn't post it. I'm just like, I'm happy. Like, this is like my fun, you know? Yeah. Long story short, you post it. It gets 2,400 likes. Okay. Millions of views, though. Millions Millions of views. Yeah. And thousands of people join our Discord. Yeah. Overnight. And and overnight. Man. And Best, best 65 bucks you ever spent? It's probably the lowest cost for, you know, member or, or acquisition subscriber. Cost, yeah. Acqui- yeah, acquisition size of all time. And it was the most fun I had. I was like, I couldn't fall asleep that night. I would I imagine how I felt, dude. I mean, honestly, uh, imagine. I mean, I would have I would have probably posted it anyway. I think I probably posted that link before I even hit the Venmo. But glad. But glad I was quick. Could, uh, I was quick. Mutually come to come to a mutual. Well, yeah, because I couldn't stop refreshing twitter i I still can't i mean yeah i i hit sixty thousand followers while i was on air on cnn like i crossed over that threshold while i was doing this interview which like i think that's kind of like symbolic and indicative of like this this crazy trajectory that like this is what we talked about yesterday greg is like how do i kind of ride this wave and like you know, keep it keep it growing for as much as possible. I think the plan right now is definitely to, for the next thirty days at least, do a thread a day with like actual progress. Like, you know, here's what the here's what the robots done. Here's what's going on in the community. Here's like, you know, by the numbers a little bit and kind of like get a get an update. So definitely, right. Like so the problem a thread a day j- yeah. just to frame it for people, Jackson. So the yeah. problem you're trying to solve is once you find lightning in a bottle. Like, what do you do with it on the internet, yeah. right? Like, what yeah. do you do with it? Because it's such a sacred thing that you found and you don't want to squander it. No, I don't. And I, and I want to do it justice to a sense. Like, all these people, like, I, don't, I wish there was a way that you could see how many people had notifications on for you because I think, like, a lot of people, I mean, I tweet anything now and it's, like, 100 likes in a few seconds, which, I mean, that's crazy. So it means that people are actively paying attention they're invested they want to see what the outcome of this is they, they care to an extent i think i try not to be too much of a realist but understand that people don't really have attention spans and as soon as there's something new in a cool new news cycle that's going to be the new big thing so how can i earnestly and legitimately and uh sincerely continue to make content about things that i actually care about that also happens to be coinciding with things that people find compelling and engaging. Um, so that's going to be the kind of experiment over the next couple of weeks is like, how can I continue to like, clearly I've tapped into something that people are into and excited by, you know, it, it, it feels good to be able to make someone smile or enjoy something or be like, Oh, like go down a little rabbit hole, learn something new, change someone's mind, um, open someone to a certain possibility about something. That's the cool thing about finding this lightning in a bottle, like you said. I think 
it's certainly not about getting a chatbot to make me a hundred thousand dollars. That's that's <laughs> incredibly insignificant compared to the long term effects of like, you know, how can we drive a conversation around? Maybe it's about people and the robots working together. Maybe it's just to change people's mind about, you know, maybe there is a future where AI doesn't take our jobs but supplements them in a way that makes us more empowered, more creative, have a a, a more clear voice, uh, feel more confident. Maybe, I don't know what. I, I think that yeah. that future is just as possible as any doomsday scenario. More so, I think. I really am an optimist on this. I, I really think it's more so that. You called me last night and you only had a few minutes because you're a busy guy. You know, you're a viral sensation and you're just, <sighs> you know, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm chatting with Jackson today. This is exciting. So I got on the call and you said, Greg, you've been here before. Mm-hmm. You've hit lighting in a bottle before. What would you do if you were me? And then you started like rattling off a bunch of solutions. You were kind of like, I can create a discord. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I could tell, and I've been in your shoes, how overwhelmed you were in in terms of like, you're like, okay, I need need to make sure I'm making the right decision. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, slow down, Jackson. Like, what do you want to get out of this? What is your goal? Mm -hmm. And then you're, you kind of like stop and you're like, hmm, I don't really, I haven't really thought about that. And yeah. then I asked you, okay, okay. Like, while you think about that, what is uniquely Jackson? Well, so like before I was a, a branding designer, before I was a, in the design world, um, the reason that I even got into design in the first place was because when I was 12, I loved new, cool, and exciting technology. I looked up to people on Twitter, not very much unlike yourself, Greg. And so when I was 12 years old, I made a a video podcast. I interviewed my heroes. I needed to learn how to design a website in order to, uh, you know, host that. It was kind of pre-YouTube days in a way that snowballed into a love and a career that has been focused around design for the last 14, 13, 14 years of my life. I've been on, on Twitter over half of my life, Greg. Um, I, I, I love design because I love tech and I love new and exciting things. So of course, when AI starts to take this front seat in everyone's narrative, I want to be that guy at the intersection of, and I hate the intersection of blah, 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 at the intersection of design and AI and new, just just using design as a baseline, as a common thread to share my love for new and exciting things. That's what I've always done. That's what I've always felt like I am here to do in a lot of ways. So you said to be that guy, right? That's that's exactly what I said. And the reason I said that is because knowing you for as many years as I've known you for, I know that you can be the best person on the planet in that space. Thanks, man. It's not that I don't think you can be the, the biggest and baddest AI person on the planet, but I actually think that you would have a lot more smiles and fun and good times at that intersection. 
you you told me to niche down. That was the framework that you were saying was don't yeah. go broad. A lot of people strike gold in something and they go super broad with it. But I I loved that answer of like, well, look at it and be like, do you really want to try to please everyone or connect with like the biggest audience? Yeah, here's the way I think about it. I see it as like a Venn diagram. So on mm -hmm. the right circle, you have what your audience expects of you. Because now you have an audience and they expect something from you. And in this case, it's AI. It's probably some challenges mm -hmm. in some capacity. And then there's the left circle, which is Jackson's niche. And what is that niche? And I actually think there's probably an exercise that you can do that's even like more niche than design, quote unquote. There's probably five elements of design that you really like, like, for example, design tools or branding or X, Y, Z. Yeah. And the intersection of those is the product you built uh, or is the product that you're going to build. Mm -hmm. And that's how to think about it. How, how can you possibly think about what product to build if you don't really, really understand that, that, that Venn diagram? So that's why you start with the Venn diagram. You get crystal clear and then... You think about what are the, the business goals that I need to have to support that. And that's where it becomes, I need to get people off Twitter onto my own audience mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Because who knows, change of algorithm. Totally. It's, you know, that's number one. It's, it's in and someone else's hand. Yeah. It's in someone yeah. else's hand. And you know what happens firsthand when you, when you put something else and, you know, when you put something in someone's hands, like a robot, you never know what's going to happen. It's true. Leave it up to leave it up to the powers that be, and unfortunately, those powers that be might not be human at all. Um, I'm in a similar place to where I was when we talked yesterday, where I was like buzzing, spinning, like trying to do. I literally was in an Uber to meet my mom for dinner last night to like get away for like a minute, and I was in the Uber on my laptop, and I felt like I was doing twenty things at once. Seriously, it was it was that like. Because I'm not used to going from, you know, a relatively slow and reliable pace, which I've been kind of cruising at for a couple of years now, to like breakneck, like go mode. And that was, I mean, it, it was it was whiplash for sure. And so I think talking to you, saying like, you know, slow down, write this out, figure out what that unique like the overlap in that venn diagram is that resonated with me in a way that i felt like for the first time in 48 hours i could i could wrap my head around all of these factors that are playing in at once the other thing that we haven't mentioned is that you've been like prepping for this moment like your whole life in a lot of ways i mean we touched a little upon it but you are really special a really special individual. So I met you in 2014, I think. 2014, in, yeah. In San Francisco. You mm. were living in this house <laughs> with a bunch of other like six to eight 18 year old gigabrains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you were wearing like a full suit like you are now. If you know, you got to watch, by the way, if you're listening to this, go on YouTube. And like watch watch him because you know Jackson always dresses to the nine, and so you're wearing this suit and you you come over to my house I think well, the first time I met you you were like you wanted to hang out, 
And I was like, who is this like 18 year old or 17 year old or whatever smoking a cigarette wearing <laughs> you a never full see suit? In San Francisco. You never see. Never see that. Never see. I, I, I saw like the way my house was structured is like my balcony is like over. Like I can see who's coming in front of me. And oh I see this like 18 year old kid smoking a cigarette in a full suit. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen a cigarette in years and I hadn't seen oh, no. a full suit in years. Yeah. And I was like, who is he? What the hell's going on? Yeah. You come up and you just tell me about how, you you know, you're a designer and some of your work that you've been doing. From that, you know, you started a crypto company in 2015, I believe. Um, So like way ahead of the curve. You always had this eye for, you know, what's coming next. I mean, that I I wouldn't have started or I was a co-founder in that and I would not have been involved in that if it weren't for two of those five to six or seven, eight guys, however many people I was living with in San Francisco at the time, uh, two of them were starting this company and they asked me to be a third co-founder. One of them was a former employee of yours. Um, Actually, you know, to to be completely honest with you. Actually, both of them were formerly. Simon worked for you as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I w- the conversation I was having when I came up with the idea for the Hustle GPT tweet was in one of my conversations with Stefan, who's still a good friend of mine. And so I could say, you know, maybe wouldn't be here if it weren't for, well, definitely wouldn't be here if it weren't for him in a lot of ways. Wouldn't have met you if it weren't for him. Wouldn't have, damn, love that guy. Anyway, shout out Stefan. What's up? Yeah, amazing guy. <laughs> but I think yeah. like actionable takeaway for people, what do you think yes. that is? Like, what is it about your background and your story that prepped you for this moment. Look, I, I'm I'm just gonna say it now because like I'm here, like this is happening. Um, I've always known that this is kind of my intended. Uh, I don't want to say final form because that implies like you know some completion of something. That's not at all what I mean to say. When I had a conversation with my incredible friend Garrett Scott, Pipe Dream Labs, shout out. We sat down for a cocktail in Oklahoma City about a year year ago, year and a half ago, and. I asked him, you know, what is the one thing that you think that I'm failing to do that I could be doing better? And because I trust him a lot as a person. And he, without missing a beat, said, making video content, growing an audience online, sharing your story with people, you're meant to do this. This is something that you haven't given a true shot at uh, for whatever reason. And you owe it to yourself and everyone else to do that. And that really sat with me a lot. And, you know, we can make excuses all day for why not to do something you know don't have enough time quality's not there not good enough embarrassed people are going to judge me people are going to i remember when i was 12 years old starting that first video podcast when i was you know talking to gary vaynerchuk after he dropped his first ever book in 2009 i mean like way back when he was just a wine guy he was my hero and i sat down and i talked to him and that energy that I had, the the conversation that we had, that person that I was as a 12-year-old kid, as silly as it seems to say, was something that I never forgot and, and that always stuck with me when I didn't make a career out of podcasting or vlogging or whatever it was back then and became, you know, full-time in design. I said, that's fine. You know, I can let, let it kind of fall by the wayside. But this always has been kind of eating at the back of my mind. So this is uh as as big a push as I've ever had, and it's it's a it's as good of a reason as any to go full tilt in that aspect of my personality. That's always been, you know, very core to to who I am. 
Here's my answer to that question. Or you. Hit me. So number one, you always dress the part. Literally. <laughs> like you always dress the part. You showed up. I, I only own like three outfits. I'm just wearing the same things over and over again, Greg. You dress the part, period. So number one, you dress the part. Number two, you played the part. You started a video podcast when you were 12 years old and you interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk. Like you, you might not have done it well, realistically. I mean, maybe you did it well, but you might have not done it well. Um, but you showed up and you played the part. And then the last thing is you are the part. You remained authentic throughout the entire journey, right? And and that's sort of the the as I was saying about cry, Greg. the Venn di- the Venn diagram. It's the left circle. Yeah, right. It's yeah. the left circle. So I want to end there because I I want to end there. I think that's a good ending place. That's um, nice of you, man. I, I I appreciate you saying that because my uh, pleasure. Well, I, you know, respect you tremendously for, for, you know, being a kind of a, a role model in a lot of ways from, from a distance. And, you know, we've, we've, you know, known each other for a really long time, but I, I appreciate you kind of being, being here when I need a little, a little guidance and asking the right questions and, and, and helping me out with that and saying, that's really cool of you, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, where, right. where could people find you? Well, where could people find you on the internet? And then how could people get involved with this um, yeah. whole craze? Well, it's fortunately for them all in the same place on Twitter at Jackson fall, uh, J A C K S O N F A L L. It's all there. Yeah. Thanks Jackson. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'll talk to you soon, man.